Welcome to the Wake the Giant podcast. I'm your host, Alan Garrett. Chris Van Scoy will be joining us today. This is part two of 10 Common Misconceptions About Spiritual Gifts. We are at misconception number seven. Only sinless people can move in spiritual gifts. Yeah. And, that, and that's because uh, we see people move and like they move prophetically and they and they and God speaks to them something that's that's very profound or or they pray for somebody and they're healed we think they must be 100% holy now i'm i think holiness really helps i think holiness is very important i never want to be a person that says we should sin so grace me abound right um i but i i will tell you i have seen um, you, you, the Old Testament, even there are, are prophets that uh, I'm thinking of Balaam. His heart was in the wrong place, right? Um, and uh, he, uh, the, somebody, uh, one of the kings, wanted him to curse somebody or something like that, and he was going to do it. And um, so th- sometimes you see some things like that. Um, I've seen people uh, move in powerfully in spiritual gifts, and then they are removed from ministry because of ongoing sin. That doesn't mean that the spiritual gifts were all false. That just means that somebody fell and they were doing something that's stupid. Um, I, uh, I'll give you an example of, of uh, somebody moving in spiritual gifts that was not very mature. Hmm. Uh, when I was planting a church in, um, in, helping to plant a church in Florida, I was on a church planting team, not one, of the, not one of the key pastors, but part of the team. I was doing a home group, and there was a young woman that had gotten saved just freshly saved. This is somebody that's just freshly saved. And she was a stripper. And then she uh, quit that, which was good, and started uh, being a, an aerobics instructor, <laughs> uh, which is better. Yes. But she was still living with her boyfriend. So we're, when we were working on getting this girl cleaned up, and she's, she's in process, right, of repenting and learning what it means to be a Christian. Well, in the middle of church, she looked over and she said, um, those people over there... Uh, uh, are they having trouble getting pregnant? And they were the pastors of the Miami Vineyard at the time. Mm. And I knew them, and I knew that they were. So I didn't want to ruin it for her. So I said, well, let's go over and ask them. And so uh, I, I walked her over there, and she said, I felt like the Lord said this. And we prayed for them, and then they actually had a baby. So here you get somebody that's that's not, I mean, they're, they're a baby. They're a baby in the kingdom of God. And they have a, a, a word of knowledge, and then we prayed together. So sometimes the Holy Spirit can use, if he can use a donkey, he can use anybody he wants. Yeah. He can use a non-Christian to speak. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah. So just because uh, God uses somebody doesn't mean they are holy. Now, somebody who functions in an office and is in church leadership and all those different things, yes, they should have character, they should be holy, but... It's uh, the gifts of, and callings of God are given without repentance. Um, one thing, uh, mm-hmm. my friend Dan asked the question. We're, we're going to answer questions at the end, try to. Um, but yeah, the, um, the idea of being sin, you know, sinless or holy, first off, you're not holy because of you, right? Mm-hmm. It's position. Christ calls us holy. I, I didn't understand this for mm-hmm. 10 years in my walk. Like I had a friend... It was actually that prophetic guy that said that one word to me. He was walking in, and he, he doesn't live in this country, and he saw me, and he goes, he goes in front of a bunch of people, you're holy. I go, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes to this guy, he goes, he's holy. I'm like, stop. He's like, mm-hmm. you're holy. And he walked off. 
And then he flew out the next day. So I didn't really get to ask him for three months. That just ate at me because I, mm. I know me. I know the mm. thoughts in my head. I know the actions. Mm. And I'm like, I am not holy, Lord. And I'm reading one day and I read that verse in First Peter when he was quoting Exodus. He says, you shall be holy because I'm holy. Yeah. And you know what? Like it clicked and I'm like, I'm holy? Yeah. I have the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean that I don't make, I don't choose to sin, right? Because mm-hmm. my my old man, the sin nature is dead. I make choices and I do wrong things. And a lot of that's maturity too. Like Alan mm-hmm. was saying, man, when I was a young Christian, <laughs> sometimes you'd question if I was a Christian mm-hmm. at all, but I didn't understand a lot of things that God is so gracious with us. Mm-hmm. And with the gifts, remember it's him moving. So I may not have all my life together or Alan. And I know a lot of people that are really gifted who don't, mm-hmm. but it's him. Yeah. And when we realize that we're holy because of him and it's us, you know what? The sin stuff starts going away a lot faster. Yeah. And so, um, now I will say if you want long term fruit, yeah, then holiness and righteousness and character are essential. Yeah. But you can't assume that just because somebody sins or you see somebody fall, that what they were doing uh, was all false. Yeah. Does you make know, sense? sometimes the anointing rests on somebody. Yeah. It did for Saul for a long time. Yeah. Right, Look the anointing rested on David. him for a long time, David. and even on on David. And there's times when it li- heart. and there are times when the anointing lifted, but um, sometimes God is merciful uh, when He gives out anointing. I, I, you know, how many times I because of that thought, mm-hmm. we see people not moving what they're called to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I know people, and I and I, I don't use any names, but like I know someone, and I they their life isn't all you know, all perfect and all the I's dotted and T's crossed. But man, they're prophetic. Like in no no way, mm-hmm. you know, like I've in they're not stepping out in it. And they need to. Yeah. Because they're missing out. But it, it's that idea that I gotta have my life together. And we're taught that a lot of times. Holy- in the sense of being perfect. Yeah. 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 So I I wouldn't like I wouldn't release somebody in uh into a pastoral role if there was major sin in their life. Yeah, yeah. But um on the other hand, uh we shouldn't let the uh, we shouldn't as- assume that we have to be a hundred percent perfect in everything in order to function. Yeah, like if you're yeah. like, I mean, when I say that, because I mean, you'll you'll never you'll you may never get there. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly, man. We're, we're, when the perfect uh-huh. comes, when we see him face to face, you know. So there's there's some work to do all the time. And it, I honestly, it's the, for us to understand what we are in Christ. I believe is the biggest part. Like we got it. Like yeah. I didn't get half the Holy Spirit. Did you? When you got saved, I don't think so. And it's in, I like Alan, I mean, make it clear. It's mm-hmm. not licensed to sin. Yeah. You know, absolutely. but not. a lot of times when people are struggling through things that God's working out in them and they just stop doing everything. If God speaks to you, you got to be obedient to him to not be obedient to God telling you to go prophesy to someone or give a word of knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's sin too. Cause God's given you that. You don't know what's on the other side of that. You don't know why God wants to reach that person. What if that's the salvation moment for that person? You know, God prompting you to do stuff, you're making excuses, mm-hmm. not not a good thing, you know? we And we do that all. I've done it so many times. You know, like, especially with the gifts, like a word of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. You might have ever felt this way. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, are you sure, Lord? Is that yeah. really from you? I, I, I had an example of some, you know, uh, Anias, the guy who prayed for Paul with the mm-hmm. scales off. He probably didn't want to go to Paul, right? 
Well, he might not have, yeah. Right? He, said, he said, that guy, do you know, Lord, like, you know who that guy is? <laughs> like, the <laughs> Lord didn't know. But he went and, right, prayed for Paul, explained it to him, and Paul, Paul, the scales came off, and then Paul becomes Paul, right? Or Saul becomes Paul. Yeah. And I just, so I'm in a meeting, and there was a woman in front of me that I knew, and someone was preaching about that. And God was just telling me, tell her that she can be someone's Ananias to Paul. And I'm like, that makes sense, Lord. And I'm like wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. am I hearing you right, Lord? Like, because it doesn't. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to do it. And I reached over at the end of the message and I said, hey, you can be somebody's Ananias to Paul. She kind of looked at me and I'm like, oh, boy. And so I, uh-huh. I, I walked away. The next day she told me, Thank you, because when I said that, the Lord was telling her to go minister to someone, and mm-hmm. she wouldn't do it because of their position. Mm. And and when she did that, that you know what I mean. So we 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 can't make excuses. You know, we can't try to get. We can't try to. Sorry, we can't, <laughs> I smashed it. I was just telling him to get closer yeah, to the mic. We there. can't. We can't. Uh, I'm getting wound up. That's why we can't. We 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 can't look for all the reasons to get out of it. We got to do what God wants us to do. Mm-hmm. And when we start walking that and trusting who he is and who we are in him, that the sin stuff is going to go away and God's going to get the glory. Yeah. The, po- the important thing is to be obedient to it all. Yeah. Exactly. Everything he says. Yeah, exactly. So don't hold back and, you know, I'm, I, I got this area or whatever. Maybe when you start being obedient, maybe that area will go away. Number eight. Yeah. Moving on here. Number eight. What I have is what I have. I cannot grow in the giftings. Wow. Yeah, that's like, I mean, can so you're just gonna stop watering a plant? Yeah, well, if people get comfortable, yeah, you know what I mean. They get comfortable in in the level uh, of what they move in. So they, you know, I could never prophesy like Sean Bowles and have accurate words of knowledge. Well, I think God wants us to grow in our effectiveness, and I I have grown. Uh, I remember uh, in the in like '84. I was at the at Vineyard Santa Barbara, and there was a meeting that they had, and they created this meeting. They called it Friday night PM or something like that. And the purpose of the meeting was just to stir up the gifts. That was the purpose of that meeting. And I remember two different people came up to me at the meeting, and they said, God has given, uh, it wants you to grow in the gift of prophecy. And they prayed for me to receive the gift of, of prophecy. And um, I started moving after that in the gift of prophecy. But sometimes it was just like a struggle. And... Um, I've gotten to the point now, though, I would say almost 100%. When I, if somebody comes up and says, will you pray for me? I will get something, mm-hmm. something prophetic, sometimes profound, sometimes not so profound, but I'll always get something. I've been in rooms uh, where they've uh, on, on a prophetic team when I was at, uh, at uh, Jesus Culture Sacramento, and we had, we were, we, they broke us up into different, they had like a, a ministry team, they had a children's team, they had, they had different teams that functioned at the church because it was a fairly large church. So they asked the ministry team to come in, some of us who moved prophetically and to, to prophesy over people. I remember the group they gave me, there were eight people, 10 people, something like that. And I had a word for every one of them that was accurate. Wow. So sometimes I can function that way and it, because I've grown in the gifting. Now, an area that's a stretch for me, words of knowledge. I get them sometimes, but I'm not at Sean Bowles level, you know. But I, I think that the Lord wants to grow me in some things. So, mm-hmm. but I could, I could, be, I could easily remain comfortable where I'm at, yeah. and not seek the Lord for more. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I, I come back to that passage before the gifts. Paul says, he says it twice. He says it first in twelve. Uh, you know, earnestly desire the greater gifts. 
right? And then it goes into the love. And then in 14, it reminds them, yet earnestly desire, or yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, especially that you mm -hmm. may prophesy. And it's like, when when should you stop desiring them? Like, okay, I've done it once. Mm -hmm. I've done it twice. Like, I, I, I want to see God move all the time, right? Yeah. And and so, um, you know, like for me, when, when, um, when I learn something or something new, like, I got to devour it. Mm. So, like, let's say... I, I've moved in words of knowledge, and I'd say that's probably a lot of like I get a lot of that. And um, but I mean I've read about it, I've searched it, I've prayed about it. I'm always asking the Lord, trying to learn mm -hmm. how to listen and understand that. And and part of it too, we can understand it more. We can we can, and the Lord w wants to move us in other ways. So I was at Danny's thing last year, actually at that uh, thing in Tallinn. What was it, May? Uh, at the merge. Yeah, no, the 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 conference. Oh, the conference, okay. What it, what it, the greatest awakening, that's what it was. Okay. Um I remember I was talking to someone, I hadn't met them in this couple from someplace and and uh we're just talking and, and they they go, Can we pray can I pray for you? And I said, Yeah. And they go, well, pray for prophetic evangelism. Mm. I'd never really thought of that. So I prayed now mm -hmm. that God continues to develop me in that way to understand how he moves in that. You know, mm -hmm. and, and so I, there's still growth there, right? Like I could stop at words and words of knowledge is cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's really cool, man. I've seen, but. I, I remember uh, hearing, first hearing that term prophetic evangelism and I was questioning it. Yeah. I was going, God, is that biblical? Is that really biblical? <laughs> yeah. You know what I heard? The book of Jonah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most <laughs> Jonah was a prophet and he got sent to give a prophetic word to a city that repented. Yeah. Uh, that's a prophetic evangelism yeah. right there. That is it's a, a whole book dedicated wow. to it. I never thought of that. You know, you know what else? Jonah's yeah. the only successful prophet in the Bible. Huh. In the Old Testament. Where where the people he was called to repented, right? Because think wow. about it. Jeremiah, no one would listen. Isaiah, they killed him. Uh, -huh. uh Amos, and, you know, all of them. They didn't nobody listened. But Jonah, the whole entire city repents. Wow. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like that's that's God delivering the message. I want that. I want. I don't yeah. want it because I can do. I got my five points. I give you the four. You know, spiritual whatever. I got my evangelism methods. But when it's the Holy Spirit moving through you, mm -hmm. giving you something for that person, and they know that God just spoke to them, they're a lot more willing to to hear the gospel, and a lot more willing to accept it. In, in fact, like, uh, uh, I, I had a group of kids and they, they go, teachers, we want to go evangelize on the street. So I'm like, all right, I took them. And one of the questions is, well, I don't feel like we are that direct. I'm like, we prayed for all those people. Yeah. We laid hands. We let God work in a way. And I, I, I'm learning like the same as you. I don't, there's no formula. It's him. Mm -hmm. And so just because you're operating strongly in one gift to come back to the main thing, Mm -hmm. Don't stop. Don't stop listening to the Lord. Don't stop looking into other areas. It's interesting when you think of the gift of evangelism. It's almost hard. And way what I say when when I say this, but it's almost hard to find our definition of an evangelist, an evangelism, mm -hmm. in the New Testament. Yeah, like we think evangelism is. I'm going to share this information. And if people agree with the information, they raise their hand and they say, I'm in the club, that they're a Christian. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I think that's valuable. I've used that. 
You know, mm-hmm. people need to understand the points of the gospel, and they need to agree with that information because you can get people that are thinking they're saved when they're not. I, I so that's, I'm not saying that that's not important, but it's that's largely missing from a lot of the evangelism in the New Testament. I think it's because the message was enter, join the kingdom of God, come follow me. Yeah. So it makes sense. So there was more of a of a rabbinical discipleship model. Um, where they would follow people. And, and Jesus wasn't afraid to just minister to people and then let them go. Yeah. yeah. You know, and let the Holy Spirit work on them. So sometimes he would, he would say, okay, it's time. Come follow me. Sell everything you have. Yep. And other times he would just pray and people would get healed and, and the Holy Spirit would just work on them. And he, w- and he would preach, you know, he would preach about the kingdom of God, but he wouldn't say, okay, now, now wait, you, you need to pray and agree with these four points. Um, you know what I mean? Because I think sometimes people can agree with that message. We can we can evangelize. I, like you and I could go out tonight, yes, and we could probably get five people to pray mm-hmm. a prayer. Yes, exactly. But unless they unless they really meet Jesus relationally, and there's that Holy Spirit connection, and they become a disciple, I'm not sure if they're saved or not. They might be. They yeah. might not. Make sense? Yeah. You know, most of the people that I've done that, and you're right. I mean, I'm good at that. Getting them to that point. And I'll, I'll use that again. I'll use the four spiritual laws or the Romans road. I'll do it again. But I'm just bringing that point. And up. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. So like, I want to be careful. I'm not being critical because I love guys who go out and are willing to yeah, do that. They're doing it. But those salvations, I've seen people not really live a life that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got a question. I'm not the Lord. So, and you know, the Bible always said like the Philippian jailer, what must I do would be saved? Mm-hmm. Repent and call in the name of Jesus. And this whole household was saved. There was a powerful move of God. Mm-hmm. And I asked Alan this earlier. I said, can you think of a scripture in the New Testament when people got saved where there wasn't a manifestation of the spirit first? And I'm looking, this is something I've been wrestling with for a while and I'm going to continue to. Um, so, I mean, if you got an answer, definitely. But, but you see like when, when the Holy Spirit moves in power and people encounter God in that way, there's something different. I mean, my salvation experience was that. Mm-hmm. I was around people who could tell me the reasons. But when God spoke to me, I knew it was God. Yeah. And I knew who I was sinning against. You know, my life was changed. Mm-hmm. Radically, radically. There Was there stuff to work? But you can't convince me that God's not real. And people have tried, you know, but I know him. And mm-hmm. I like, I love to take my, my, my son with me everywhere. My kids, and part of my ministry so that they see God moving yeah. this way too and learn that because when you know God in that way, it's, it's harder to lose your faith. It's harder to get shaken out of it. If you can be talked into the kingdom of God, you can be talked out of ah, the kingdom of God. That's a good point. Once you have an experience and you met him, that's difficult to argue with. I've heard that, uh, there's that phrase, um, uh, what is it? Uh, um, the the man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so if you've experienced God, you've met Him, you've had an encounter of power, you can't be talked out of that. Yeah. You know, the other thing too is like, I think when we try, it's like we got to get them to do this, this, and that. Like Alan was talking, mm-hmm. like the new the new Christian living with her boyfriend, living that the Holy Spirit gave her a gift. If, so the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's moving in her that way. Now I would be certain it's not going to be long before she decides to get married or that's got to, you know, because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, right? He doesn't like sin because it's not mm-hmm. holy. And I trust him to do a better job on that. So a lot of times I run into that and, and mm-hmm. some people get upset 
about some of the more charismatic movements mm-hmm. with that because they put a, more emphasis on the Holy Spirit doing the work. And mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes that can be laziness and you're just not even dealing with stuff. But I really feel like the holiness, Holy Spirit, think, when, when you're touched by him, you'll change. Think about the woman at the well. Yeah. Okay. The woman at the well, some people pos- they, they, they postulate, postulacize, yeah. I don't know what that word is. Postulate. They think, yes. they, 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 they come up with a theory that, uh, that she was not, uh, that she might have been a, a sinner because of the time of day that she was out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Pos- that's a possibility. So maybe she was somebody that was not that perfect, okay? Yeah. And uh, Jesus said, give me a drink of, of water, and then she prophesies. She gets saved, and she goes and tells her whole city. Yep. Okay, Jesus didn't say to her, I'm sorry, you need to have these, uh, you need to go through our discipleship program and, before you can share your faith, and you need to learn the four spiritual laws, have them memorized, and you've got to read through the book of John, and you've got to do all this stuff, and then six months from now, then you can evangelize. Right. He said, I am he, you yeah. know, to her answer. And she had an encounter, and she shared that encounter. Sometimes evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Yeah, you know, like, I mean... I, most people that I've met that don't go to church or had went to church and don't go anymore, mm-hmm. it's because of people. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those issues that I really think is a lot of it. It's like we, we, we got to trust God and who he is. Yeah. Right. I mean, the word, the word explains things. I don't need to be, you know, nailing you on your sin. Like if it's blatant and going to affect a lot of people, then you got to deal with it. But there's things that people got to learn through the Holy Spirit, right? You know, uh, and, and as he removes that, if you know the Lord and had an encounter, you're going to let it go. And I see so many people hold back. And I see so many Christians get stuck on that. And what do we become? We become religious. We become pharisaical, mm-hmm. you know, and those things. And I'm not saying that it's okay to live in sin and do all that stuff at all. But what I am saying is I trust the Lord and we need to trust him. If we trust him to move in power and the gifts, it's to draw people. He's going to move on that person's life too and do that. And if they're showing the fruits like we talked about, if we're, if they're, if the Holy Spirit's moving through him in power, he's working. Mm-hmm. He's working. And does he leave anything complete? Incomplete? I mean, no, he brings everything to finish, he says. You know, so I like... It's kind of that trusting in all those areas. We do we mm-hmm. trust him when, when he gives us a word of knowledge to move? Do we trust him with people? How do we do it? And that's the gifts moving in that way for evangelism. I'm gonna trust him too. Um, we got we have one more point, um, and then we're gonna go to answering questions. So if you have a question about spiritual gifts or a comment that you think is really important for us to uh, to highlight, uh, put it in the chat, and when yeah. we'll see if we can get to it. Um, but my last point is uh, that some people think sometimes that some spiritual gifts are more valuable than others. Yes. None of us will really say that, but often we function that yes, way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, that's why I say our culture right now is such an emphasis on pastors, mm-hmm. although there's been a shift, you know, with the apostolic, mm-hmm. and then people get into a problem with their, you know, I, mm-hmm. I heard Bill Johnson say one time, if you give me a card that it says apostle something, something, I'm going to laugh. Don't do it. Yeah. That's so there's these shift and we kind of that's why we need it all to function together for mm-hmm. one, because it gets out of whack. You know, the whole pastor thing, it's served well that church model to the mm-hmm. point. But now we're at a place where I think we need the whole thing. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna point out point something out here. Okay. In in the if you if you follow the money, yes, you can tell what the church values. Okay, yep. so we value the gift of pastor, people who function pastorally. Mm-hmm. I've been in the church for many years. Yeah, almost 100 percent of the stuff that I have that I've done evangelistically, I have had to fund myself. Yes. I will say probably 100%. Uh, you know, all the outreaches, I would come up with an idea. The church won't pay for that because the church has to spend all the money on the building and the pastor. And we value, I mean, I, I, I value pastors. I'm, I'm, I'm ordained myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Chris is ordained too. Um, but um, uh, we do we value the other gifts? Do we, do we value... You know, do we value evangelism and outreach? Are we going to fund that? Are we going to fund missions? Are we going to fund evangelism? So that's just a thought. And I, th- I think we need to not value some gifts more than others. Sometimes, actually, like, let me, let me, let me uh, ask this question. I think you've heard this before. Um, what is the most valuable spiritual gift? <laughs> the gift you need at the moment. That is the most valuable spiritual gifts. Um, I, my wife and I moved here from, recently to Manchester, Connecticut from California. And I'm telling you, there were a group of guys that helped me. And I, I was by myself. I didn't know anybody out here. And there were a group of three or four guys that helped me. I am still really, really grateful for that gift, uh, move, helping me move my stuff out of the truck into the house. Um, and there was a woman, Lisa, too, that helped too, yeah. um, a friend of mine. And you know, it's just like that is that that gift to me was as valuable as healing. It was as valuable as any prophetic word. <laughs> you know, I really value that gift. So it's like, what's the most important gift? The spiritual gift that you need at the time. Yeah, I went to uh, Harbor Freight yesterday, mm-hmm. and I bought like this. Uh, what are they cotter? Mm-hmm. Not cotter pins, but the pins that you you bend, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you put them in a part because I got to work on my car. Cotter pin, yeah, yeah. A cotter pin. And uh, I bought this kit. It's five dollars. There's five hundred of them. Mm-hmm. And my wife is looking at me, and I said, "You know what? When you don't have this, it's, it's worth a million dollars." Yeah. You know, so you may look at me now. I spent the five bucks or four bucks on it. Why do you need five hundred mm-hmm. of them? I don't. But when I need one, it's the most important one I need, mm-hmm. you know. And it's the same thing in the gift. When it, in that moment, God provides it mm-hmm. at the moment, whatever it is for that person. In this, the number mm-hmm. one thing you have to remember is our relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit. Learning mm-hmm. how to, how He moves, how He speaks to us, is very very important. It's very important yeah. to to spend that time with Him. You know, and that's why I say the sin stuff, if you're spending time with the Lord, he'll point it out. He'll take care of it because it's, you know, you love mm-hmm. him. You start to do that. The fruits, they start to come because of that. If, you know, if you want to move in the gifts, start seeking him and spending time mm-hmm. with him and then just listening, yeah. you know, because he'll, he'll do it. And I, I run the scriptures I wrote down in this was <clears throat> John uh, 14. Verses, it's verses seven through through fifteen, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read it all. But just didn't know this that Jesus it basically said, you know, the disciples were asking him, and he said, you know, um, they asked him, show us the Father, 
Actually, I'll read it. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father, and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been so been with you so long, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Now, how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the fa Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding me is he does work. Believe in me that I am the Father and the Father in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also in greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. You know, and what you ask in my name, I will do. The Father may fortify it. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. Listen, he, he promised, and it's all about him and us and him, and he lives in us, right? The Holy Spirit lives in us. And he tells us greater things. I mean, he's talking about miracles. He's talking to he healed, he cast out demons, walked on water, raised the dead, prophetically to people like that woman in the well. He knew everything about her words and not he all the gifts, Jesus. And his spirit lives in us. And he's telling us, he promised us. That's a promise to do greater things. So if you want to move in the gifts mm. and you want that, man, just seek Jesus. Just yeah. seek Jesus with all you got. And it'll happen. You'll learn how he speaks to you. You'll mm -hmm. learn that. Um, the, uh, the Bible talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in the book of Acts, it, it says that it, they wait for the Holy Spirit. He say, he, uh, they're instructed to wait and, until they are baptized, immersed with the Holy Spirit. And then in second chapter of Acts, um, they, they pray and the Holy Spirit falls and there's an outpouring. And then uh, it happens again in several places in Acts. Some, in, some of the same people are involved and it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It happens with Cornelius happens a couple places, and then it actually gets taken up to Antioch through Philip, yeah. and the Holy Spirit falls there. Um, and uh, so there, if you want to move in the gifts, learn to connect with the Holy Spirit. Learn yeah. how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I don't believe it's just a one-time event. It's no. like you tap into a relationship. You, you tap into an ongoing connection with the Holy Spirit. And it can be an experience. Um, like uh, I mean, I've had some experiences with the Holy Spirit where he's rocked me. He's, uh, I felt him move on me. My body is shaken. Uh, I've had those, those kinds of experiences. Um, uh, I believe if you, if you're saved, you had the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. at least to some degree, because I, I don't think you can come to him unless he draws you. There's yeah. that scripture. Yeah. So I think that anybody who's prayed to receive the Lord, you've at least heard him at some level. But there may be a question of, of how much you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So if I would say seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says uh, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be you being, but not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's, it's a crammed full, is that, that word there, play roo. I mean, the fill, be filled so that nothing is lacking. So, um, and then if you feel like you're, you're dry, you can come back for more and say, Lord, fill me again. You can have multiple experiences. I don't believe you ever lose the Holy Spirit if you're saved, but um, sometimes there's the question of of how plugged you plugged in you are to the yeah. mind. Is that a good way yeah, to say that? Yeah. I, you know, like it's easier to function when you have that connection. We could do a whole other podcast in the could. feeling of the Holy Spirit, man. But 
that's the idea like of constantly seeking him constantly you know and mm-hmm. then like alan said those experiences listen some denominations have made denominations out of the way the holy spirit moved there, there's one question in the chat um from a guy named daniel yeah yeah um, he actually has a couple questions, and uh, um, maybe we can unpack it. I'm not sure all what he means, but it might be some fruitful discussion. He says, can you have one or two fruits of the Spirit without being filled with the Spirit? Um, and I think the, the, the fruits of the Spirit are, are things that are grown in you. Yeah, They're an outworking of, of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He softens your heart. So uh, usually people think of gentleness, meekness, self-control. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an ongoing process. I don't think you necessarily, like, I don't go, I have patience and I have that one down and I have that one forever. Does it make sense? So, um, I, I, it would mean that the Holy Spirit moves in my life. He's filled me. There's fruit of the Holy Spirit. So I generally am a patient person. I'm generally a kind person. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to have to work on that tomorrow. If an unkind person comes up and spits in my face, I might have to, I might have to grow some more in that. But it's just, I think it's the, it's the general fruit. Like if you have an orange tree, yep. it tends to bear oranges. So if you have the fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit lives in you, you tend to be patient, you tend to be kind, yeah. you tend to have self-control. Here's, here's the list in Galatians 5.22. There's other places, obviously, the love verses, I think, too, recognize some of that. But, it's, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, self-control against such things that are no law. So um, I, I'll say this, like, being filled with the Holy Spirit and being fruit. Fruit is something God is cultivated and grown, right? That's why the term was used. I mean, they were an agriculture Mm -hmm. culture. They use fruit to describe that, you know, in that, in that Mm -hmm. process. And God grows that in us and does that in, um, gifts are given fruit or grown. yeah, Yeah. And so, so there's the, the Holy Spirit working in us because when you come to the Lord, I've, I've honestly never met anybody that, everything was dealt with right when they came because you know what i think that'd kill you honestly mm-hmm. if god dealt with all your stuff right at the beginning and some of that is learning how he moves in the process like we're talking about the holy spirit like okay listen i'm i'm growing patience in you now like you go god i'm going through this why am i going through it and he's like i'm, I'm teaching you patience i'm growing that's mm-hmm. fruit growing mm-hmm. so can you not be filled and have fruit um yes Yes, because it's fruits of the spirit. It's him working in you and growing that. And the gifts, um, you know, he, he's moving in there. It's it's his choice to move. Now, um, the other thing I would say, the number one thing that God is always concerned about uh, above everything is the heart. What's in the mm-hmm. heart? Yeah. What is the motive behind things? Because I know patient people mm-hmm. that aren't Christians, but in their heart, there's wickedness and evil. And mm-hmm. why they do things or whatever are not right, but mm-hmm. they've got a lot more patience than I do at times. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, so the appearance of those things are not the only marker. God is concerned with the heart above all and why we do things. Mm-hmm. He knows, he knows in uh, pride can mask itself in a way. Ravi Zacharias told a story of talking to, I think it was, which ones go to Nirvana, like get to Nirvana, Hindus or Buddhists? Uh, I think that's Hindus. Okay. So, you know, like yeah. they were talking about the laws, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Ravi says, you know, explain the Ten Commandments. And the Hindu says, I've done all those, you know, because Ravi's trying to explain to him that he's a sinner. Mm-hmm. 
He said, I've done all things. And Ravi said he was flying. And all of a sudden he said, the Lord spoke to Ravi. And he said, ask him this. And he goes, so you, you've kept all those commandments and lived a good life. He goes, are you proud of that? <laughs> and the Hindu guy, because this guy was a wise guy, knew exactly. Uh-huh. You see what I mean? It's still the motive of our heart. Yeah. Why are we doing these? Am I doing this because this is what I'm supposed to do and it makes me look uh-huh. good? Or am I doing this out of, out of uh-huh. you know, the genuine love of the Holy Spirit? And that, at its core, the gifts, like mm-hmm. I said, the devil can use gifts. It's been done. Mm-hmm. In um, motives. He, he asks it another way. He says, uh, will you show all the fruits of the Spirit if you're sp- filled with the Spirit? I wanna, I'm going to answer that this mm-hmm. way. If you're an orange tree, you produce oranges. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, what does he produce? Yeah. So if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, generally, I would say you're going to have most of the gifts, most of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, they might need to be grown, right? The, uh, and, and there are personality types and all that involved. Yeah. But generally, I would say, yeah. Yeah, and I would say, you know, there are evidences of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we look at people... We need to stop looking at people. We need, like, I like coming back to this. It's, it's. Uh, we need to look at God. We need to be, keep our eyes fixed on Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? And let people, you know, if they look at us, they'll see. There'll be evidence. But if uh-huh. I know in my heart, like, because if I'm not like anybody who's married, you know, uh-huh. you go and say something to your wife, you shouldn't. You regret saying. You know, you ever get in an uh-huh. argument and you, you know, the one thing that'll push her button, right? And you say it. And that's not very patient. The Lord says, was that, was that, what was that, Chris? You know, and you, you know, could I have been more patient? Could I have been mm-hmm. more kind? And the Lord starts working on me gently. If my eyes are fixed on him, I'll hear that and I'll, I'll correct that. And it doesn't matter what anybody outside thinks, you know? And, and so that's the thing. It's just like the gifts and everything. Keep our eyes on him and he'll take care of it. I can't change a person. I can't change anybody else's actions. But I can allow the Holy Spirit to minister and work, and if I'm obedient to Him, it'll have an effect. Um, and then he had a third question. This one's kind of interesting, and I want to think through this one because there, it's it's an interesting question. Can, can you have a gift of the Spirit without being filled with the Spirit? That's an interesting question because uh, there's a scripture that says... Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Mm-hmm. Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Depart from me. I never knew you. Yeah, so I can I I, I really want to answer like what that you, you, got, you have some thoughts on that? Yeah. So I, I would my my first inclination is is would 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 say no that you can't have gifts of the Holy Spirit without being filled with the Holy Spirit, but there's that scripture. Yeah, so so uh, a couple of things on that. How to think about this? Are you while you think of that maybe I'll Go spark ahead. something cuz you got me fired up. Um First off, I, I believe when we get saved, and I think it's clear, we are lacking nothing in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think the filling of the Holy Spirit is really like the realization mm-hmm. of what we have in Him. Like a lot of times we begin to operate in like there's a certainty behind it. It's still a faith matter mm-hmm. because if we get the Holy Spirit, why wouldn't He give us, you know what I mean? It's the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit. So you can determine that through words. The second part about the verse you said, it comes back again, to the heart, mm-hmm. right? Those people prophesied and everything and then didn't know him. And that is, why were you doing that stuff? They said it. We prophesied mm-hmm. in your name. 
Immediately you can hear, mm-hmm. in the, even in the answer, we prophesied in your name. Mm-hmm. We did this, we did that. Oh, I don't remember God telling me I had to do anything for him to get into yeah. salvation. I mean, you could always argue that those things, they're saying that didn't we prophesy in your name, but it might not have been a prophecy from the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I really it's, think it's kind of an interesting yeah, question. Yeah, I mean, Dan asks good questions all the time. He's a smart guy, right, Dan? I, I appreciate it? that. Yeah, I mean, he asked some tough ones. That's a good question. That's a tough That's a question. question. But what I, I mean, in, in the end of it, when I like read the Sermon on mm-hmm. the Mount, when I hear Jesus talk, when everything, it comes about our heart being fully committed to Christ mm-hmm. and fully submitted. And we, like, listen, our culture of ministry, right? Do, do, do all the time, mm-hmm. right? You said a titles, all those things. So we begin to do these things thinking that's what the Lord wants, and they're good mm-hmm. things, right? But God is in the heart-changing business. Wow. You know? Yeah. And, and that's what gifts are for is to reveal him so your heart can be changed, so people's heart can be changed. Again and again, the Pharisees, listen, none of us can hold a, a match to their holiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys would strain the water so there was nothing in it. You know, on Saturdays, they turn, you know, like the guys now, they, they don't turn lights on. I can't do I wouldn't. There's no way. I'd fail mm-hmm. every time at that. But Christ spoke to them and called them a brood of vipers because they didn't understand what God was really seeking about. And mm-hmm. over, that's why in the middle of the gifts, chapter 12, chapter 14, what is there? Chapter 1 Corinthians 13. Love. Right? Pure love. If I'm loving rightly. And you go, Chris, well, what's love rightly? Seek Jesus. Because... What I can't do it. Mm. I can't. I can't. And I mess up all the time. And I got to keep seeking Jesus and being humble in that. And the motives, God wants to change our hearts. And gifts are to lead people to that because that's the mm-hmm. answer. Our world has a heart issue today. Man, why people do evil? Their hearts are messed up. They're wicked. God mm. tells us that. And there's people that name Christ is their Savior. And they're picking sides and everything. We belong to a different kingdom. God wants to change hearts. Mm. Yes, he does. Um, so um, we're going to move towards landing the plane here and finishing this. We, I'm looking at the my uh, recorder over there, my Roadcaster Pro, and it, we've been going for about an hour and a half Man, since we, could we started. Go, I could go on that. Yeah, I could go on longer because this is a deep topic. Thank you guys for, for listening, and, and thanks for the questions. Yeah, so, um, I mean, if you do have questions on these and you're, you're friends with us on Facebook, you can always uh, – private message us and we'll, we'll get back to you. Um, or, uh, or can they comment on wake the giant podcast on, on uh, Podbean? Um, well, they, I have a, I, I do, I'm going to make this into a podcast. I'll, I'll split it into two or two or three episodes since it's an hour and a half. Um, maybe two, I don't know, two 45 minutes would, that might, might, might work. But can um, they you mean, share and get yeah, comments out of there? Too? Yeah. So um, it's, it's going to be wake the giant podcast. It's on uh, iTunes. It's on Podbean. And it's uh, on uh, iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. Did you get that Joe Rogan money on Spotify? Yeah, I yeah. heard. I heard yeah. he went to Spotify. Yeah, um, yeah Spotify is, is it's growing. It's fast becoming the number one podcast. So yeah. it's going to be them and Apple are the two big ones. Um, so this will be a podcast, and you can comment on that. Uh, I will answer it. Uh, you can also comment on Facebook or, or private message, uh, either one of us. Yes. Um, and I hope this has stirred some things in you and, and maybe even caused you to grow and ask some questions. Uh, we've been doing this a while. Um, I've been, been moving in the gifts since the eighties. Not, not that I know everything because I don't, um, but I've learned some things. So I hope this has been valuable to you. Um, anything else you want to close with? I just, uh, can I pray? Yes. Pray. Father Do God, it. I just 
the people that are listening, that are going to listen in the future, I pray that your Holy Spirit move on them in power, mm-hmm. Lord. It's, you want to share. You want to use us. It's, you've chosen mm-hmm. to glorify Time, yourself Lord. through us, Lord. So I ask that you baptize those in the Spirit, that your gifts would move, mm. that people would begin to, to, to pray in tongues, they'd begin to prophesy, have words and knowledge, raise the dead, mm-hmm. cast out demons. Lord, I pray that your Spirit moves heavy amongst all of us, Lord. Amen. We need you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that you would stir up the gift and. Uh, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, Lord, and you would stir up the gifts in the people that are listening to this. Lord, I ask that you would create a hunger for moving in effective, fruitful spiritual gifts where lives are changed, where the enemy is kicked out of where he does not belong, uh, and the kingdom of God would be established. Lord, I ask that that would happen. In your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's been good being with you guys. And until next time... This has been the Wake the Giant broadcast. This is the end of part two, 10 common misconceptions about spiritual gifts. I hope you've enjoyed the Wake the Giant podcast. If you have, please like and share on social media and subscribe to the podcast. 